looking for the King of Podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up, Crazy Train Radio? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world, but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans, because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So, if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have signaturedhorror.com That's right, signaturehorror.com
With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out. To contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, everybody. It's Fred Schneider of the B-52s, of the Perions, and many, many more fabulous groups. And this nut listens to Crazy Crane Radio. Hey, folks. We have the pride of North Jersey, but spent many years down in Georgia as he is a uh, student of the University of Georgia. And this man on the phone was influenced from many different styles of both Halloween and Christmas music and the occasional Motown song. But, you know, nonetheless, has definitely unique and eclectic influences. He is a co-founder of the legendary party band, the B-52s, but also has another project on the side he's been doing for about, I guess, eight to ten years at this point. Think this man hasn't had much of a musical training or background prior to getting into the industry. Mr. Fred Shire, how you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. So, first and foremost, uh, where are you calling from today, and uh, how are you handling everything with the whole COVID and how crazy 2020's been? Well, I'm I'm out of my uh, my residence, my house out on Long Island. Uh, I'm you know it's a little boring, but um, I'm keeping busy writing. Uh, I'm working with Hard Groove from Public Enemy on an album. I'm writing another song for uh, Elvira, and hopefully another one. Um, and I'm also writing for other people, um, Fabulous Downey Brothers. I have a song with on their next album, and also Ursula 1000. There's a song out now called The Neptune Freeze, uh, which is sort of Halloweenish. <laughs> and perfect time for you for that, you know, between that and Elvira. Oh yeah, people should check out uh, the video uh, for Two Big Pumpkins that. Um, Cassandra Elvira did. Uh, I think it's gotten like six hundred thousand views. Well, she's got her following, that's for sure. You bet. She's great. Ah, uh, she's one of the best. You know, been trying for years to book her, but you know, it's always such a short window. But she is definitely a fabulous person from the little bit of time we interacted with her. That's for sure. But oh well, you know, well, you know what? Ask Ask Elaine. Uh, I mean, Eileen. And um, after this is her busy time of the year, of course. So after yeah. this, uh, you know, maybe you can get her. We will work on that. That's for sure. Uh, you mentioned about writing there. 
And I know when you were down at college there, the University of Georgia, during your, from what I read anyway, because my parents wanted me to do something funny like read and write, what the hell was wrong with them? But I saw that you, creative writing during your last year of school was a big influence for you. How much was that creative writing instrumental to your years in the music industry? Well, I was dropping out of college and being lazy and not wanting to do like a term paper type thing. Uh, a friend of mine in the class said he was doing a book of poetry and a light went on and I said, I'm going to write a book of poetry and I didn't know what I was going to write, um, but I wound up writing all kinds of things and I wound up really liking it. Uh, the teacher, my professor, said he didn't understand any of it, but he knew I was sincere and serious, and I was. They gave me an A, um, and some of the lyrics turned into were incorporated into some of the B fifty two songs later on. Well, did you end up graduating from school, or did you end up dropping out? Oh, I dropped out. We, I need an honorary degree. So, if there's a college out there that wants to give us an uh, honorary degree, in in University of Georgia, um, you know, we'll take it. <laughs> they, there you go. But at this point in the game, who knows? Like you said, it'll just be honorary. Uh, oh, that's okay. Um, you know, um, I would have had. I started out in forestry, which is ridiculous, um, in the forestry school. And when I, I realized I needed two more years to graduate uh, my junior year, and it's like, oh, the heck with this. I'm not getting up at seven o'clock in the morning anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and went on to live a musician's life when you're going to bed at 7 in the morning. Okay. Well, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but I did live in some pretty, some real dumps, let me tell you. One of them in Georgia, one day I was going to the bathroom and the floor had fallen down uh, to a, it was, there wasn't a basement, but there was a, it, the house was raised, so you just saw, like, in a comedy movie, the toilet and the bathtub uh, just being held up by pipes. <laughs> uh, almost seems like that scene from Home Alone 2, where you got the... <laughs> oh, hell. You can see where this is going already. But uh, since you uh, were dropping out of school and everything else, have you ever thought about this? And I know it's hearsay at this point. And I wonder if, but have you ever thought about what you might have uh, ended up doing if music didn't hit off like it did for you? Well, I went into journalism, uh, but I, uh, but I didn't really uh, have a vision of what I was going to become. Uh, my motto is "wing it and sling it," so. <laughs> and uh, it's gotten you this far in life, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, actually, I did the Ouija board with my mother once, and I asked if I would be in a band. This is before I even thought about being in a band. I said no. <laughs> um, it's just—it's all unplanned. Yeah, and it's—it's it's amazing how much 
of unplanned stuff actually becomes uh, successful or, you know, I mean, there's, you could, there's people who plan everything to a T, but yet things don't go, always go to a direction we thought it would, or we would like it to go. No, but luckily Athens, you could live really cheaply. And, um, uh, I was friends with, uh, the members, some of the members of Pilot, uh, Vanessa and Michael, and they saw us and they, and Vanessa said, um, boy, if you can do it, I think we can do it. I said, sure, you probably can <laughs> if we can do it. Um, and Athens became just all these creative people, uh, starting bands and some succeeded. A lot put out good records, and, but they uh, had to, you know, pursue the job they were working towards in college, you know. But we're all still friends, too. I mean, I still, I really miss Athens. Uh, I was thinking of getting a place there, uh, uh, like a pied-a-terre or something. Okay. Well, I got to ask, because I read this story as well, and we know everything on the Internet and such is true. Uh, oh, yeah. And here's uh, Yeah, we, we know all that stuff's true. Uh, yeah. Going to fast forward to – oh, absolutely, 100%. Uh, fast forwarding to where you meet some of the me- members that, or some of the people that became band members of the V-52s with you guys. Did you start this band on a whim in terms of having a couple drinks and just doing a couple songs somewhere? Uh, well, we just jammed, and uh, I was living in uh, Atlanta, and I was really unhappy there. And I would visit Athens, and I had such a good time. I said, you know, why don't we – I'm going to move back to – Athens and uh, let's do this uh, on the side because none of us had jobs we really liked um, and uh, it just snowballed. Absolutely. And obviously if we're going to be talking about the band and everything now I don't think he's talked about as much and maybe you can tell, tell me a little bit more about it but co-founder Ricky Wilson. I think he's underrated as a guitar player, but how much influence was Ricky in terms not only the foundation of the band, but just in general, get everything ready to go? Oh, um, he, if you uh, watch uh, the Us Festival video, DVD that's out now, uh, you could really see what an amazing guitarist he was. And other guitarists really admired him. Uh, but he was very shy and wouldn't really work with anyone else. He worked with uh, uh, television, I think it was. Oh, wait, I forget who he worked. He did work with one other band that he really liked, but he was, he was very shy and basically didn't want to work with other bands. Um, and with Keith, they really created the music for the, uh, and put rough mix, rough mix ideas of the songs before we finalized them. 
I mean, they did all the music and. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just found it ironic in reading his story and that he passed not long after you guys finishing uh, studio sessions and all the fun stuff of production for one of your albums. And I know yeah, after... Yeah, uh, um, I think Keith knew, but none of us. Even his sister Cindy didn't know, and it just came as a shock as all of a sudden we're getting a a phone call, and it's like, oh my god! It was a yeah. it was a scary time and depressing time, losing so many friends. Yeah, well, and obviously we've learned a lot about AIDS and treatment and everything on that front. Uh, but you know that you say that that it, how scary of a time it was, and. You're not the first person I had heard say that because I was born in the mid '80s, but I just recently saw a documentary about an actor who was a, who was gay and living with AIDS, and talking about that same time period. And maybe you could tell me this: with music, was it a lot of people being ostracized because people didn't know about the disease at the time? Well. It was just scary to even say you were gay because uh, people would automatically think, you know, you were uh, HIV positive. Um, it, it was just, um, and you didn't know how you would get it. Uh, you were afraid, you know, if someone, like, was talking to you and you accidentally, you know, had some uh, saliva on you. you. You thought you might, you know, didn't know. It was just crazy. Yeah. And the government, we had a rotten president. So, I mean, that didn't help. <laughs> and just as we have now. Um, <laughs> so, it's, yeah. it, was, it was just chaos for a while. Yeah. Why does it seem ironic that all these years later we're dealing with something called COVID and... Uh, maybe a not popular president, and, and I'll say it nicely that way. Really? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it, it almost seems like deja vu, I guess the word would be. But, uh, a, obviously. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, deja just. Deja PU. Oh, hell. But, uh, obviously, especially during the band's heyday, there was a lot of traveling. I know you guys did movies like the Flintstones and everything else like that. But I know, or at least read, that you're not a fan of the travel part of things. But was there a favorite place you'd like to visit and perform at? Oh, well, it depends on where I had friends. I mean, I like going to Chicago. I like going to L.A. I like going to Atlanta, of course. Uh, and getting to travel in Europe was great. I mean, I love Italy. I mean, I love just about everywhere I went in Europe. Uh, but... He's been doing it for over 40 years, so, I've, you know, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've heard other musicians say the same thing about, like, Europe and all, that they just love going over there and seeing the different sites and everything like that. You mentioned Elvira earlier, and the one song I heard that you did with her early on, which I thought was cool, was, and you were a co-writer and did some background vocals, if I read that right, of Here Comes the Bride, the Bride of Frankenstein. 
I thought that was a cool beat with that song. Oh, yeah, I worked with Holly Knight on that. She's a good friend of uh, Cassandra's and was great to work with. Um, I'm hoping she'll uh, put um, the the lyrics I'm writing for the new song to uh, music. And the other now, song we did was Zombie Stomp, which was fun. Yep. Uh, now, with somebody like Elvira, who's done TV and movies and everything else, was she? How was she when you said? What did you approach her to say? Hey, I have this because I, I mentioned in the intro there you have a, a background of enjoying Halloween songs, Christmas songs, and all that. Was she one to go? What the hell are you talking about as far as putting music together? Or how did you get connected with her? Well, we became friends. I, I always wanted to meet her, and I finally did get to meet her. And she's really fun and funny, down to earth. Um, and we hit it off. And then uh, um, I said, I'd like to write some songs for you. And so I worked with her and Holly night because she had already done songs but she she uh downplays the fact that she is a talented singer she doesn't think she's you know you know really good or anything but she's she she really is she has a real good sense of style and timing and comes up with some good ad libs um and it's fun to work with and uh she's she's a joy to work with and the thing, too, is you mentioned about her voice. I do think that she does have a wonderful voice as well from the songs I heard her sing, especially the one I mentioned there about Bride of Frankenstein. But do you think uh, – how do I put that? That, you know, this was – she really showed her stuff before – where now nowadays everybody uses auto-tune and computer programs and drum beats and – it's not the same business or type of art that it was when you were coming up in the 70s and 80s. Oh, no, we just did everything old school. It was great. Uh, we recorded uh, – Holly has a great studio. Um, and then when I recorded Two Big Pumpkins and the tw- uh, 13 Nights of Halloween uh, – we did that at my friend's home studio. Uh, it, it was all relaxed and fun. And well, laugh, the you, last, know, it, you, you can tell it, it goes well because you burst out laughing. And usually when you have fun, it's the most productive project, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether whatever you're doing, you're having fun. It's really not work, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Well, with the superiors, they had to keep. They have to edit at all because I start laughing after I finish. Because I really try to sing everything really seriously. Well, I do sing everything really seriously, but what I'm saying is not serious. Um, exactly. But what I wanted to ask you there before we wrap things up is, you mentioned your other band there. How did you get hooked up with Dan and Noah? Well, one of my good friends, uh, Freddie Eamon has a record store, Rock and Roll Heaven, in Orlando. And we became friends because whenever I would go on tour, I would go to record stores and buy too many records. Um, 
and they were fans of the band and one day they finally came up to me and introduced themselves and they were really funny and fun and we became friends and then one day they asked if I would uh they like lounge music too so they asked me if I would put lyrics to music that they had written and that turned into I just did it off the top of my head and that was totally nude island and after I finished it I forgot I didn't even know what I had said so I had to listen back and then I did another take and we used half of one take and half of the other and I had to I sang in their bathroom because it had a little bit of echo and they also had a, a blue uh Blue Lovebird, uh, Mr. Bird, who would rattle his cage whenever I would come in the room because he knew I would let him out. He, you know, would let go on my shoulder and fly around and all that. So, real professional. <laughs> uh, sounds like what what I do once in a while. It's super 100% professional. Wink, wink. People can't see this since we're on the phone. But uh, since you mentioned about meeting them in a record store and they recognize you and fans of the band and everything. Uh, was that an often occurrence that if you were out on tour going to record shops or things you'd like to do while you're on tour, that many people recognize you and like, hey, 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 Fred, how you doing? You know, like get all excited. Uh, it's happened quite a bit, yes. But I'm all, you know, I'm always good in the record store. Like I get people to buy our record and all that. <laughs> there you go. Even if it's even if it's used. <laughs> Get the sale going, you know, that's right. We want our royalties. Well, I don't always make royalties if it's a used record store, which is, but uh, if they buy a new one, you know, all the better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I actually just thought about this because of the error that the band came up in. How, and I just recently saw a documentary on this. But how influential was MTV? Because obviously you had early hits on your, some of your early albums of Love Shack, which has been your anthem, and Rock Lobster and such. How influential was that change to have music TV and music videos? For well, I guess you a lot of people saw us. I mean, they stuck us at, you know, late at night. We weren't exactly yeah. prime time to Love Shack. Uh, so they didn't really, I didn't, I guess, I didn't realize that how many people were watching, uh, the late show that we were on, I forget the name of it because I never watched it. <laughs> um, but it got us across. But uh, what really got us across was we did, when we traveled, we would go to every college station and college radio really promoted us. And there were a few, uh, few really good uh, alternative stations and they supported us and we supported them. So it was it was it was college and alternative that really did it, I I think. And you know, you notice that same trend with uh alternative music when as things evolved into the nineties and Nirvana and things like that, but that's another story for another day. But are you much of a person that uses social media or anything like that? If people want to follow you? Oh, I post on Facebook every day. Uh, crazy pictures, rants, um, and just uh, 
environmental things. Because uh, I'm with a coffee company now. I, I own a half of a coffee company with a friend, and we sell organic coffee, and uh, we're trying to do everything uh, in a green way, and it's coming out really good because we have a lot of support from students at the college. It's, it's based in land, Florida. It's called Breaking, and it's at uh, communityroaster.com. And I have uh, four times a year I put out a limited edition special blend, and we finally got the organic pumpkin spice, uh, pumpkin spices. So we're going to have a, a pumpkin spice blend for, you know, starting in a, in a week or two. Well, we will put and share all the links to that as well. Fred, thank you so much. Thank you. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Wow! Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. Now that's what I call depressing. It's going to make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope want to jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while in Cell Block 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. <laughs> Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, 
and installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Ha, ha, ha. 